630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Three and a half minutes left in the third period. Hurricanes up 4-2 on the Predators. Svechnikov has his 21st of the season, came on the power play. Forsberg his 25th for the Predators. Late second period, Panthers leading the Wild 3-1. Wild will travel to Edmonton tomorrow. Stars and Blackhawks scoreless seven and a half minutes into the second period. Later, Kings and Golden Knights. So the Oilers this weekend. They are at the Jets tomorrow afternoon, 12.30 face-off show, game at 2 right here on 6.30. Ched, Yessi Pugliarvi going to be out about four weeks with a lower body injury, according to head coach Jay Woodcroft. The Oilers are back home Sunday, 4.30 face-off show, game at 6 here on 6.30. Ched, Monday is family day. We will have a uh, best-of show. So uh, we'll uh, scrounge together some of our favorite interviews here in recent weeks on Inside Sports. Those are always fun to assemble because I get to listen to the stuff I enjoyed over again. Okay, we're going to go to the Certainty Hotline. Speaking of great stories, we got one right here for you. She is the new defensive assistant with the British Columbia Lions of the Canadian Football League, the first female assistant in CFL history, Tanya Walter, checking in tonight. Tanya, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for checking in tonight. I know you have probably uh, had a lot of interview requests over the last few days, uh, but I, I think you are very deserving of the attention. Um, how does it feel to be involved with such a milestone? Do you give it much thought? Um, yeah, obviously I give it a lot of thought. I mean, I haven't really had a choice, even if I didn't want to this week. Um, and, you know, like ultimately I look at it from two different perspectives is, you know, first, just as a coach, always exciting to be able to move forward in your coaching career. And obviously I can't ignore the fact that like, it is a monumental thing to have the first female coach in the CFL and the impact that that has on the sport. I want to get to know you a little bit here. Uh, I always have uh, a connection with people from small towns because I grew up uh, near Evansburg, about uh, 100 kilometers west of Edmonton. You're from Forestburg, is that correct? Correct, yes. Tell us about growing up in Forestburg. Yeah, so I grew up on a farm outside of Forsberg. So Forsberg, I think, is like maybe 800 people. Don't think it's really changed much. Um, our school is K to 12, so went to school with basically the same people in the same school um, all all my school years. Um, I was pretty involved in sports. I played a little bit of everything, but primarily basketball. Um, I did competitive dance my whole childhood as well. And, you know, it's just, you know, some towns are really great. Um, it's definitely a change when you come to the city, but I know there's, like, a lot of a lot of important lessons that you learn being in a small town and on the farm on top of that. I, I just zoomed in on the Google Maps here. It says Forestburg has an airport. Um, it used to have an airport. I think it's okay. now, like, a mud like a mud bog thing for some of us every <laughs> okay. year. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So tell me about getting into football. And, and look, you know, I, doing a sports show and covering sports most of my adult life, there's so many opportunities uh, for, for, uh, for girls and women in sports that maybe weren't there 30 or 40 years ago. I, I've always felt like football has 
and I know there are female football leagues and everything like that, but I still kind of feel like it's trailed behind. Like, am I, am I right? Or or like, how did you get involved? Yeah. I mean, I, I always compare it to, you know, hockey where it was probably 20, 25 years ago for females. Um, You know, it's a male dominated sport. So anytime you're trying to progress, it's just, it's a lot different. Uh, So, the Edmonton Storm, which is the team in Edmonton that I've been playing for for the last however many years, since 2013, uh, we play in the WWCFL, which is the Western Women's Canadian Football League. Uh, realistically, the league's only been around for, I think this would be, it would have been our 10th season, the pandemic year. Um, so I guess 12 years that's existed now. Um, and we have teams through Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, and that's really been the big league up here. There's one over in the Maritimes, and then they're starting one up in central uh, Canada with Ontario and Quebec. But on top of that, like a lot of provinces do have girls programs. Manitoba has a girls league. The Maritimes have a girls league. Um, Ontario is looking to start something up. And then obviously we have our girls tackle league here in Edmonton with uh, Calgary actually following suit this year. And and what first got you, like, were you a football uh, fan or participant all your life or where did it sort of become your number one sport? No, so I actually, like, our town is so small, we didn't have a football team. There's surrounding towns that did, but it was not really something I was ever exposed to growing up. Um, I was a big basketball player, and that was kind of my focus. It wasn't until... I was living in the city for a couple of years. The NBA locked out one year, so I figured, well, I can't watch that, so maybe I'll try football. So I started watching football, and I was interested in it, but, like, having not been around it, I had no idea what was happening. Uh, and it wasn't until I started playing a year or so after that I really started to wrap my head around it and, like, absolutely fell in love with the sport. And when did you get seriously into coaching and realize, like, hey, I might actually be a pretty good coach? So I got into coaching a couple years into playing. Uh, I mean, my background prior to working in football right now is uh, personal training and sports performance. So a lot of those skills are very similar. It is coaching and coaching. Uh, It's just applying everything in different ways. So I've always very naturally like lean towards coaching and that mindset so a lot of those skills are really transferable but you know once I started getting into coaching football I just I appreciate what a complex sport it is Um, it's just a different mindset than others so I just just stuck with it. Tanya Walter joining us on Inside Sports now a defensive assistant with the BC Lions so uh, like how do you get a job in the CFL were you approached do you do you apply just like how does that play out? Yeah, so part of it was in uh, 2018, I was selected to go to the NFL Women's Career Forum that the NFL hosts down in the state. And that year, it was the second year of the event. They also had um, Randy Ambrose down there and a couple other CFL people. So we spent a lot of time with them, networking, having conversations, uh, you know, kind of making an impression and um, it kind of just started there and then I know Rick was looking for some coaches and my name got put in there and now we're here. 
Tanya, I, you know, this is kind of cool because a couple of days ago I had Rachel Weeb on the show, who's uh, an assistant coach with the Golden Bears hockey team, first female assistant in their program. I don't know if you know Rachel or know of her. She's a full-time student and she's an assistant coach with the Bears, so a really cool story. But I'm going to ask you the same question I asked her. You're in a male-dominated sport and now you're in a, in a team that's going to be, um, you know, all male players and, and, and all male coaches. Um, is it hard to fit into that environment or there's certain things, uh, you know, you have to do like it, it maybe not be, be fair, but I, I think it is a question I gotta, I gotta ask. Yeah, it's definitely a valid question. Um, I mean, when I first started coaching high school boys, like I wouldn't say it was an easy transition. It took some time, uh, and especially, you know, coaching the same kids over a couple years and then, you know, it just became normal and then anyone that was coming in that hadn't been coached by me like they saw how everyone else treated me and then it just was much smoother after that so yeah like there's there's a little bit of you having to kind of prove yourself and show that you do know what you're doing um unfortunately but you know i'm, I'm confident in my abilities and uh you know i'm not really intimidated by the situation so it's just you just gotta work through it who are some coaches you look up to, either that you've met or you've just enjoyed watching and their playing style? You know what? I think a lot of the coaches that I honestly look up to are ones that I've had the opportunity to work with, um, like one-on-one. Uh, a lot of the coaches I've had through Storm, um, you know, it's, yes, like I, there's coaches in the NFL and CFL that I definitely idolize, but I also just feel like when it's someone you've actually had the opportunity to meet and work with that you you know, you really see where everything's coming from because, I mean, you can't know much about someone just through, you know, watching a game. Yeah, for sure. So what, uh, are you still in Edmonton or you're out in Vancouver already? What's your plan here? Yeah, so I'm still in Edmonton right now. Uh, we'll go down a week at the end of no- uh, November. No, not November, <laughs> March. And then come back for April and then head out for training camp in May and stay down there until the end of the season. Okay. Well, I mean, this is an this is an awesome story, and 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 good for you. And you've had an incredible career already, and and you're obviously still going places. So this is pretty cool. Anybody that you really, it doesn't have to be a football person, but that's just helped you along the way. Like, is there is there someone or, or a group of people you want to shout out tonight? You know what? Um, my like very close friends and my close family um, have been really awesome. I mean, it's you know working in football, even just on the administrative side, can be kind of lonely sometimes and you know you go through things that you know not a lot of people understand but I've been lucky to have some really good friends who have helped me along the way and I mean my husband has been a lifesaver in a lot of this you know talked me through a lot of challenges and uh, always been there to support me. Now is your husband a coach and or a football fan as well? Yeah, he was. Uh, he grew up a football player, played for U of A and the Huskies, the Edmonton Huskies, and then since then he's went on to coach for quite a few years now. So he coaches actually the women's team. He's the head coach right now and uh, also the O-line coach at the Huskies. So, oh, awesome stuff. Kind of okay. cut from the same cloth. Perfect, yeah. That, that works so well. Well, Tanya, again, I, I really appreciate you making the time to come on the show. And like I said, I know you've probably done 50 interviews or more this week. So we, we do appreciate that you came on and I I really do wish you all the best. You're a great story, a great Edmonton story, and I hope we can talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
Right on. That is Tanya Walter checking in tonight on Inside Sports. You probably saw uh, stories earlier this week. I know there's a good write-up on globalnews.ca. Uh, first female assistant coach in the history of the CFL as she joins the uh, British Columbia Lions. So I, I guess I'll use my standard line. We wish her all the best, except when the Lions play the Elks. That's uh, often what I say to uh, people who are with uh, competing organizations in the uh, Canadian Football League. By the way, uh, the Elks, they've been busy, as you know, signing a lot of players and uh uh, you know, obviously the off-season announcements with Jones and Victor Queen, all that stuff. Uh, they're launching a $99 season seat. Uh, this is being uh, aimed at growing the family of season seat holders at the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. I read that straight off their uh, news release. But the uh, new season seat offering going to be available for purchase starting on Monday, Family Day at uh, 11 a.m. and it'll last for 72 hours so go to goelks.ca to get more details there we are heading into the weekend and uh, we're going to do it in style we're going to name the animal when we get back subscribe to the inside sports podcast available on apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts this is 6 30 chad inside sports how many birds there are in alberta i'm i grew up near evansburg we just had tanya walter on the show grew up near forestburg uh we got i can off the top of my head warburg any other bergs you can think of Lindbergh. Lindbergh, where is that? I think that's out by Elk Point. Okay, how do you spell that? Is it a B? Is it a... Now, that is B. I just looked. It is E-R-G-H at the end. Okay. So, I I guess that would count. I was thinking of U-R-G, Evansburg, Forestburg, Warburg, but I guess that would have a Berg at the end. I think there might be an Edberg, but I think that's B-E-R-G. Man, I can never think of it when I'm trying to think of it. Anyway... Maybe we'll do a show on Bergs in Alberta someday. And then we could do the follow-up on tons, because there's lots of tons in Alberta, too, I would think, right? Uh, well, well, we got Edmonton. What else do we have? I can't think of any off the top of my head. Cardston, Cardston I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd have to do a deep... Well, you pitched the idea. You should know. <laughs> uh, we came up with two already. Uh, Joseph Berg, somebody just wrote in to me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I should have known that one. Joseph Berg. That's true. Okay. Waterton, uh, the national park. But is oh, that a, that was what is Waterton also a town or is it just the name of the park? That's I'm I'm thinking national park, but I'm not sure if there there might be a a, a hamlet around there. I think it's just the uh, help me. I can't remember now. Anyway, we're getting way off topic here. We are. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate a couple got a couple of texts. <laughs> All right. It is Friday night. So, uh, we well, we try to make you smile to some degree every night, but especially on Friday. So, we have our ongoing, world-class, world-famous, award-winning segment here on the show. It is called Name the Animal. Now, the rules are quite complex, so I'll, I will try to explain them as concisely as possible. Uh, Kellen Kennedy, sometime today went to the 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary located adjacent to the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound. And depending on the size and demeanor of the animal, he either has brought the animal back to the 630 Chet Control Room 
or he recorded the uh, animal sound while he was in the animal sanctuary. So he's either going to play that sound or prompt the animal that is next to him in the control room to make its noise. Uh, now, I'm obviously broadcasting from home. I'm in my basement, so, you know, I couldn't see the animal. There's no cheating going on. I don't have a webcam. Kellen doesn't tip me off. We've been we've been doing this now for, I think... Well, it's over a year I, now. It's, it's over a year. I think it's the first time we did it, well, I want to say, it was December of uh, 2020. And we started... That was when we, you know... You and I always strongly believed that the football team was going to be renamed the Elks. Yes. So we had, a, we had an elk expert on the show... And uh, then we did this for a week because you played an elk call and I had mm -hmm. no idea that's what an elk sounded like. So then I said, let's do a week where you play an animal noise and I'll try to guess it. And now we do it periodically, not quite weekly, but probably two or three times a month. And uh, I have done... I have done fairly well on three occasions. I got walrus right off the hop. Mm -hmm. I got tiger, I believe, on my second guess. Yes. And there was something else I did really well on, on the second or third guess, but mm -hmm. I, I can't remember what that was now. Uh, sometimes I do quite poorly, and you basically have to tell me. Now, if you're listening at home or in your car or just sitting on the toilet, wherever you take in inside sports, you, you can participate if you want. You can call. You can text. You can tweet me. You can email me. You can send me a letter. You can shout at the top of your lungs. Maybe if you're in my neighborhood, I could hear you. Um, but you can't win anything. This is purely for educational and entertainment purposes. So that is how we play Name the Animal. Now, Kellen is going to, again, initiate the animal sound. I don't know if the animal is next to him. I don't know if it's, on, if it's something he recorded. And I will try to so, name the animal. Okay, so this is a definite record today because there's no way I was going to bring this into oh, the studio. Oh, hint, hint, hint right off the top. And it? I need just... It, it's it's fairly quiet, so I have this boosted as loud as Drink it will it go, but, but just quiet from the audience. Just Golf voice. It's a woodpecker. There you go. Yes. Wow. I, you know, the, that's that. I got it. Boom. Now, that's funny because I often guess... Over the time, I have often guessed a bird first, and it's never been a bird. That, well, that is a woodpecker. Now, yeah. here's the thing, though. Oh, the, okay, now, I think we have a controversy here with Name the Animal. Uh-oh. That, that sound is not the sound the woodpecker makes with its uh, vocal organs. <laughs> That's the sound it makes when it pecks into a tree. So have you broadened the 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 range here, Kellen, unknowingly, of name the animal? I might have, but you so might have. I figured since uh, this is the last weekend for the Winter Olympics, and we know that the judging and uh, you know refereeing during Olymp some Olympic uh, events and sports are a little, oh, shall we say, uh, it's loose interpretation of of stuff. This is good. This is this falls under my rules. So there we go. Well, yeah, you're ultimately the one who picks the animals. So uh, I got woodpecker first guess. I, so I believe that's only the second one I've got on the first guest, and a, a couple other ones I've got mm -hmm. quite quickly after one incorrect guess. And there's some you've almost had to give away with me, uh, give away to me what and they've been. Still so more legitimate than what, you know the speaking, Russian judge in, in figure skating. Speaking right? of uh, speaking of woodpeckers, when we when I was growing up north of Evansburg, we had a woodpecker that would peck our metal chimney, you know, on the on top of the house, and he would like routinely peck into this thing all summer, and 
I, I, we don't know why he did it because you think after a while he would realize, oh, this is not a tree. <laughs> I'm not getting bugs or any sort of food. I'm pecking this big piece of metal, but he never figured it out. So perhaps that was one of the less intelligent members of the uh, woodpecker species. That was name the animal. Well, I'm always exhausted after doing that. Hurricanes have beaten the Predators 5-3. Panthers lead the Wild 3-1 after two. No score in the second. Stars and Blackhawks. I'm going to talk to you at 12.30 tomorrow for the face-off show and then the game between the Oilers and the Jets. Cam and Bob will have the call. We'll start at 2 o'clock. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.